Welcome to the Without Limits Podcast, where we break through barriers, revealing the keys to living an abundant life. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Anne-Marie. Welcome to the Without Limits Podcast. Today, Mark and I are thrilled to welcome to the studio, Cindy Van Arnhem. Cindy is joining us from British Columbia, and I just wanted to take a moment and introduce Cindy before she comes on and shares her amazing stories and strategies for living a life without limits. Cindy Van Arnhem was tired of the old archaic systems that no longer supported her, so she took that frustration and turned it into a learning quest, and now a passion for helping people fully discover their own limitless power so they can create sustainable wealth through their passion and service for their higher purpose. As a coach and wealth activator, Cindy supports her clients to take the reins of their life and truly live an abundant life. Having deeply immersed herself in the shadows of her own soul and healing old wounds of drug addiction, emotional abuse, and trauma, Cindy now lives in her own limitless power and is here to lead others to discover the same. So please join Mark and I as we welcome Cindy Van Arnhem. So welcome, Cindy. We're so glad. Uh, we're so glad you joined us. Where are you joining us from, Cindy? I'm in West Kelowna, British Columbia, and I'm really happy to be here. I'm so excited. Thanks for inviting me to the show. Wonderful. We wonderful. had a little visit. We were three days in Kelowna. Yeah. You and I. It's beautiful. Yeah, we drove across from Vancouver into Kelowna, and then we mm. were there for three days. Just, just beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And you just moved there, so that's a great. Uh, that's yes, the, the Okanagan in British Columbia has always been my home since I grew up in Alberta, but um, I love the Okanagan and so I just kind of travel up and down the valley whenever I move. <laughs> That's oh, nice. awesome. Nice. That's awesome. So starting in today, Cindy, uh, opening question, what is what does living without limits mean to you? Mm, I love this question because limitless living is something I talk about a lot. And for me, it's really having a very deep understanding of who you are, what you want, and then the how of how to get it. And it, we always think that the, the how of getting it is really complicated and it's not. Right. Mm. But I believe that everybody can have anything that they want. They can be anything they want to be. We just have to choose it. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And I know when we first talked, I know your passion is really working with people to live an abundant life. Yes, I am a wealth activator. Wealth is important. Yes, Yes. exactly. So tell us more about uh, about how you support people to do that or how, you know, what was your journey to this place of being a wealth activator? That that eye opening moment. Yeah, Yeah, well, it's a long journey. (laughs) I grew up on a farm. And as many people know, farming, you know, you don't have a lot of money. It's kind of a rough um, growing up. It's beautiful to grow up on the farm, but there's not a lot of abundance. And I remember stories as I was growing up, my dad used to say things like, you know, the universe is a conspiracy to separate you from your money. Uh, Money doesn't grow on trees. You got to be evil to be rich. There was all these stories that I heard as a kid. And when we're kids, we're like sponges. We just soak it up. We have no filter for what could be true and what couldn't be. 
And so I learned that. And then when I turned 16, it was a couple months after I was my 16th birthday, my dad died suddenly. Mm. And in that, there was a bunch of family stuff that had to happen, but my mom ended up sharing or sorry, selling the shares to the farm. So she not only got a very large insurance payment for my dad's death, but she also got all of the money from the shares of the farm. It was a big farm. So there was a lot there. And now all of a sudden we had all this money. It was like we won the lottery, except my dad died. That's not the same. Yes. Um, but we, it, and they say people that win the lottery, they lose that money really quickly because they don't know how to deal with it. They don't have the capacity for it. And that's kind of what happened to our family. My mom started throwing money at problems. Uh, I went down a rabbit hole of some very bad choices. I was doing drugs. I was drinking a lot. I was partying. I became a cocaine addict for three years. I was manipulating my mom out of money. I was doing all the bad choices. You name it. I did it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was stealing from her. I was lying. I was manipulating her. I was just saying, hey, I need money to do this. And she would just throw money at me. And about seven years ago, I found myself $75,000 in debt with credit cards, and I had nothing to show for it. I had no idea what I had spent that money on. And my mom and I were repairing our relationship around money and really focusing in on that. And I took a whole bunch of courses and worked with coaches. And and in all of it, I learned a lot of systems for the stewardship of the relationship with money. Mm. But along the way, I still was like chasing the almighty dollar. And I, I knew I was an entrepreneur. And so I started this business and I thought, you know, if I just work a little bit harder, I'll make more money. We hear that a lot. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> so my first year of business, I was burnt out within six months. I was exhausted. I was working seven days a week, 15 hour days hustling and grinding. My relationships were falling apart. I was drinking myself to sleep. It was a mess. And I had claimed bankruptcy. So I was in the middle of that. There was just a lot of this money story and I'm not worthy. And then carrying all of those stories as a kid. And I realized that something needed to change. And I I had a coach reach out to me and she is now one of my best friends on the planet because the work that she does and helped me do the inner work, saved my life and saved my bank account too. And so deep diving into a lot of the science of how our brains operate and understanding the nervous system and understanding the energetics of money and realizing that money's not this physical thing that lives in your bank account. In fact, most of the banks, there's no money in your account. It's just fake, it's all (laughs) digital, right? And I always thought, you know, if I just had the money, everything would be fine, but you can't actually have money. And so over the last three years, I've really been deep diving into that work and understanding the energetics of money, the relationship with money. I look at money as this very intimate relationship. And if you have someone who's a a significant other and you don't spend any time with them for six months, they're probably not going to want to hang out with you anymore. (laughs) Or if all you do is complain and whine and they don't want to hang out with you with that either, right? And so creating, I've created this system of stewarding the relationship so that money wants to blow my mind. Hmm, That's amazing. So Cindy, tell me how, how did you end up changing the stories? 
because I know that we all grow up in families. There's always stories about money. There's all the, and there were subconscious. It's a pre-write. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's subconscious and you didn't even realize it's like, oh, that was probably not a good thing to always say about money. You know what I yeah. mean? Like we can't afford that. You know, like that whole, and then that locks in and then you go to a store and you say, well, we can't afford that. Well, yes, we can, but it just was locked in. So can you share with our listeners, what are some strategies to change those stories? Yeah, well, I always tell my clients, I'm like a broken record. Awareness is everything. Right. Being Paying attention to the words you're saying, the language that you're using, the emotions that you're feeling. When you receive money, how do you feel in your body? And paying attention to the, the body is like this in immediate feedback system mm -hmm. for what's actually happening. And when you receive money, do you celebrate or do you go, oh, crap, now I got to pay my bills, mm -hmm. right? That's a really key indicator of what's going on subconsciously. Yeah. So awareness is everything first and foremost. And then the next step is forgiveness. Oh, that's good. I love Our parents didn't know any better. They were taught by their parents and their parents before them. It's not their fault. So we need to forgive our caregivers and our parents for ever teaching us this lie about money. Forgiving ourselves for the mistakes we've made. We carry so much shame and blame and judgment and guilt when it comes to money. Nobody ever wants to talk about money because, ooh, I might hurt somebody's feelings or I might offend someone, right? And so forgiveness for that story as well and forgiveness to money itself. So I actually like to write forgiveness letters. It's something that I do and I'll just sit down. If I'm feeling something rise up, an old story, I'll just sit down and write a letter to money or to my mom or whoever needs to hear it. I love that strategy. Yeah. I'll have to tell you a funny story. Just before we came on uh, in the studio tonight, I got a bill and I did an old pattern behavior of, oh, yuck. And I turned around and I started laughing and I said, I get to pay this bill and I'm so excited. And I started thanking the, the company for bringing heat to our home. And I was just, I was, I was like, Mark's looking at me and I'm laughing. Well, my name was on the front of it. I think that had a lot to do. <laughs> it was your bill. That's so funny. But that yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> but, but what you just said, Cindy, was the consciousness and the awareness mm -hmm. because I caught myself of saying, no, this is, it's a gift. I have the money to pay this bill and I'm going to pay it with joy. Right. You know, so it's a service reflex. Like yeah. there's so many things in our lives that these companies and they facilitate absolutely ease that we actually enjoy. Wow. Air yeah. in the summer with, you know, the technology we're using right now for this zoom, all of these things. Well, so when, when it comes time, because it's not, it's an invisible transaction, mm -hmm. they like hand it to you in advance and then they say, okay, now you pay me. Right. So the next mm -hmm. month they hand it to you in advance and it's now you pay. And we're used to a hand-to-hand -hand transaction in our society, right? right? Yeah. But it's important to note that, you know, we celebrate the same thing when, when yeah. we, when we get the groceries. Right. Like we mm -hmm. celebrate that. I mean, and we we, you know, you embrace that moment and the same thing or with mm -hmm. same things apply to the non-transactional yeah. things that we yeah. have to deal with in our life, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And an, an invitation to take it just a step further. Yes, please. So when you purchase groceries, 
So you're grateful for the food. You're grateful for the abundance that's coming into your home. You get to have meals with your family and create delicious food. But think of the ripple effect of the transaction of you giving money to the cashier. Mm -hmm. That money is paying the people who stock the shelves and their children, the people who deliver the groceries and drive the trucks and their children and their grandchildren. And it's having this ripple effect and that 50 bucks that you spent on groceries is going out to impact the collective. So it's not just about, I'm so grateful for having this food. I'm so grateful for the impact that I'm creating in the world by giving this exchange. Brilliant. And that's probably one of the lessons you learned growing up on a farm. Because, I mean, there's not a lot of money hand-to-hand on a farm. It, you know, I spent all my childhood weekends on farms. Mm-hmm. And it's, you see how, how essential that is. I imagine we would appreciate the natural gas that comes into our house more if we spent a week out on the fields, you know, with, <laughs> right. with, the, with the freezing and, you know, 40 below weather. You know. Yeah, especially in Alberta. And no no natural gas when I was growing up. It was a fireplace. That was it. They're monitoring all these valves and gauges and stuff to make sure that, you know, they get some natural gas back in wherever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, it's I mean, that's, it's, that's the economy, right? Yeah. 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 That's the at a, the most fundamental level. That's the economy. But I love I love that's that, amazing. Yeah, it's a that good line. reframe of the ripple, the ripple effect, effect that mm-hmm. when we are spending and the blessing really that ripples out to other people. That's just I I've never thought of it that way. I thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you more of the ability to be conscious in your spending too, right? And not just going to the corporate store and buying the thing because you want the thing, but how do I want my money to work for me? Mm-hmm. And who do I want to impact? And where do I want to make my purchases? Mm-hmm. And you become more of a conscious consumer that way, where you're not just buying stuff just mm-hmm. because. Yeah, conscious, again, you talked about that earlier. It's just being aware, but being a conscious consumer. And we're conscious of buying local. We want to mm-hmm. support people locally. We support um, you know, local art and, and music and theater. And we're very conscious of where we would spend spend that money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's certain stores that we've chosen not to go with because of some ethical practices that they've chosen. And we choose not to, not that we can't go there. We just choose not to because that doesn't align with our values. So exactly yeah. that kind of value alignment too. Um, so you have a program also, yeah, tell right? Us tell us program. about that. Oh my gosh, the 21 Days of Wealth. I'm so excited about it. I have collaborated with my business mentor as well as another coach colleague, and she's actually a client of mine. I've collaborated with all three of them to bring together the mind-body-spirit connection with wealth. Mm. Because it's not just a mental game. It's not just an emotional game. It's not just a spiritual game. And so... We've got Joy Kingsborough, who is my mentor, coming in to do wealth activations. And this is, it's similar to a meditative practice. And she does those every, uh, the first day of the week for three weeks. And then Michelle Lane is coming in to support the body. Uh, when I do the training on Wednesdays, there I stir some things up on purpose because we carry these stories deep into the layers of our body and into the our cells and in order to stir it up we need to bring some awareness to it 
And so I asked some pretty triggering questions, which helps it rise up to the surface, which then in turn creates a bit of an emotional turmoil, which the body doesn't quite know what to do with. So Michelle helps support the body in releasing all of these old stories. And I am teaching my signature money magic system, the system that I've created for the stewardship of that relationship. So it's a three-week program. We meet Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and it's an ongoing thing. So I'm running it every quarter, and I'm just so excited about it. It's it's going to be real. It's really powerful. That's incredible. And just when you were saying that, and I told the story earlier about the bill that came, I did have a visceral reaction that I noticed. Yeah. That's why I started to laugh because I thought that that's a way that I could get that out of my body yeah. because I went. I could feel that old feeling of getting a bill and it's like, oh, and Mark used to say to me, don't open bills on Fridays because we don't want to ruin our weekend. (laughs) And I did it on purpose. I said, it's Friday. I still think it's good advice. I know. (laughs) I opened the bill. People rifle through their bills 4.30 Friday (laughs) afternoon. Okay. And this to me always goes back to the time you couldn't phone them. If it was wrong, oh, yeah, that's true. if it was a mistake, <laughs> if they misbilled you, if you couldn't do anything, the banks weren't open, you couldn't, you couldn't change a thing. And I noticed one time that happened to me. And I, and I remember thinking I was in the back of my mind was like this auto stew going all weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I said to myself, Mark, why did you even go yeah. to the, I lived at a place where you had to go to your mail, like your, it was down, so it was an apartment. And I stopped going. I never went for years <laughs> to the box again on a Friday. So that's that, hilarious. I stand by it today, actually. Well, now you should get excited about going to the mailbox because you're like, think of the ripple effect I can have on a Friday afternoon. Exactly. Oh, right. exactly. No, it's true. So what would be a strategy when you feel that emotion related to a bill and you've reframed, you are aware of the old thinking. So what would be some a physical thing that you would do? Well, I love that you said laugh. Um, Oftentimes when we think of the emotional release, we think tears. Yes. It doesn't have to be tears. Laughter is one of the best ways to release that emotion. And there's certain people deal with their emotions and their physical reactions in different ways. Sometimes a little bit of a dance party around the living room or go for a walk. Uh, Some people need to um, verbally process. So calling a friend and saying, hey, I just had this experience. Can I just talk it out with you for a few minutes? I just need to verbalize it. It all depends on your personality and that brings it back to who are you and how do you best operate? Yeah, Yeah, but there's lots of different ways. And sometimes you just need to have a good cry. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. But I think too, even that, that kinesthetic way of writing a letter is another way to process it out. And I, I just think that's going to be vital for our listeners to, to realize that when you do have that emotional reaction to not bury it. And I hadn't hadn't really thought of that intellectually before. I think I've done it, but I didn't really make that connection. So I really appreciate that you brought that to light for us, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd I'd be happy to share how I write a money, a forgiveness letter, if that would be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a process called the Ho'onoopono, and it is a Hawaiian tribe that they believe that we came here to forgive. That's what we are here for. And so there, there's a lot to the Ho'onoopono. So I don't go into the whole process. It is a rabbit hole worth exploring, but I always go to the phrasing of what they use. So they use the phrases, 
I love you. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And thank you. And we end with thank you because what it does is it brings the forgiveness into gratitude. Wow. And so the letter is meant to be for you and no one else. Anything less than it being all about you isn't actually forgiveness. I don't ever recommend you deliver this letter to anybody. And you're allowed to be as vulgar as you need to be. Uh To get it out. That's the purpose is as you're writing to let it all out and not censor yourself in any way, shape or form. Whatever you're feeling, dump it on the paper and use those four phrases like money. I am so sorry that I ever thought that you weren't enough. I'm so sorry that I didn't think you were going to show up for me. Please forgive me for ever believing that you didn't want to be a part of my life. Thank you for helping me to pay my bills, right? That's just a mini version, but you could really go on with that. That could be a powerful, Mm -hmm. powerful technique. And Mm -hmm. I, that's incredible. That is just incredible. It's amazing how many of those things we've seen that comes almost like in the four corners, you know, those four ideas, the quadrant idea, right? Okay. Tell me more about that. Well, just what she was saying, how you, first of all, you, you forgive money, Mm. you invite it into your life, you, Mm -hmm. you know, you thank it for its usefulness. Mm -hmm. Like there was like the four quadrants. eh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. Excellent. So any final tips as we're wrapping up, Cindy, this has been so incredible. I know our listeners are going to be so grateful. Yeah, I think the big thing to understand when it comes to wealth activation, money management, all of this whole conversation is that it's a journey. There is no such thing as the final destination. I was having a conversation earlier today and it was, you know, at what point do you believe you're wealthy? If you believe that wealth is a million dollars and you have 999,000, you're not quite there. Does that mean you're not wealthy? Right. So wealth is this physical, emotional experience. It's not the dollars in your account. And we were talking how, you know, as Western society, we're pretty spoiled. We've got a lot. Mm -hmm. We have more than we need. Even the poor of us have a cell phone and cable. Right. But if you go to Africa or other third world countries, they are so happy. Yes. And they don't have any of that. And they are wealthy beyond our imagination. And so wealth is nothing but a vibrational experience that you create within yourself. And every single day, you amp that vibration up a little bit more and a little bit more without ever thinking that you're going to get there. Right. Exactly. Nothing to get. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned about the happiness. I was very very random situation and I actually was I was buying something off of a fella and um, so actually I went down there to buy it and they invited me to stay I was with one of my sons and they invited me to stay with lunch for lunch and it was this beautiful couple they were from Bermuda Mm -hmm. and uh, they were pulling out the I was asking them about Bermuda and they were pulling out the books and their photo albums and everything about the I'm telling you every single person in every single picture had a smile from mm-hmm. ear to ear. Mm-hmm. She was telling me, you know, when, when she was growing up, lunch for them was you would just, you know, go off the schoolyard a little bit, go to the trees, yeah, pick it, because mm-hmm. it's there on the trees. Right. And that was lunch. lunch. You know, How I, wealthy is that? Right. I mean, the white sandy beaches, all the things that we aspire to just as a, 
yeah. you know, as a vacation or a reward for whatever. It was just a part of their culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, and they didn't have any money, right. like cash money. Right. Like not with that, you know, that's but they not had an it, abundant heart. But they had wealth, that, like right. what you're talking about. Yeah. True yeah. wealth. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. So we want to thank you so much, Cindy. Yeah, this, this has been good. This has just been, I've taken so many notes. But I feel like we just, <laughs> just scratched the surface on this one. This is yeah, a really, yeah. you mentioned several times, it's a deep dive because it is. Yeah. Because it, is, it does yeah. stir a lot of stuff up. Yeah. It really does. No, it's yeah. really, really good. And it's daily. It's one of those yes. things that we really we encounter, it's not like, okay, I've learned that now I'm, I can move on. Mm-hmm. No, it's a daily recap of all. It of is. Yeah. Things. And I love that you bring that up because, you know, we think that in order to get something or understand something, we just have to go and learn and take a course and we'll have it figured out. Mm-hmm. But vibrationally and energetically, because we're trying to align with wealth and that frequency of wealth there, it's not something that you can just get and you're done. Where your, where your attention goes is where energy flows. So if you're focused on wealth every day and you think about it and you feel about wealth every day and you tap in and you say, I feel wealthy, mm-hmm. pretty soon you feel wealthy. Exactly. Yes. And energy is movement, right? Emotion mm-hmm. is meant to move. Energy and motion. Meant to move. So that whole piece around that, it's just so powerful. And really, when we start to resist things, then you feel that that pressure back because it's supposed to keep moving. So I just love that. That's a great way, great way to wrap up. So thank you again. We're going to put your contact information certainly um, in all the details and uh, people will be able to reach out to you. And it's been just such a pleasure. I hope they do because it's very valuable. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. The Without Limits Podcast, where we break through barriers, revealing the keys to living an abundant life. Your hosts have been Mark and Anne